0: All right. Howdy, everybody. Um, thank you for sticking it out with us and uh, attending this last panel of the day. Uh, there's some fierce competition um, in this last slot, and so I'm, I'm really happy that y'all are, are uh, out here. Um, my name is Jim Malowitz. Um, I am the moderator. I'm a, a reporter with the Texas Tribune, um, and I'm uh, joined by an esteemed panel of guests here. And we're going to be talking about local control or control the locals. Or maybe the other, the other question is local control is it still a thing in Texas? Um, and uh, so uh, we'll have, uh, as the other panels have gone, about 45 minutes of Q&A from me and uh, some uh, back and forth up here, and then uh, around uh, 15 or 20 minutes of uh, questions uh, from y'all. So uh, think about them as, uh, as we're going through. Um, again, uh, please keep uh, phones, on, um, keep them quiet, but uh, definitely tweet. Um, the hashtag is TTF. And uh, let's get started. I'll, I'll introduce our, our panelists here. To my left, we have Texas Senator uh, Don Huffines. He's a Republican who has represented uh, Senate District 16 since 2015 and serves as vice chairman of the Senate Transportation Committee. And he's a member of the Administration, Business, and Com- Commerce and Education Committees. He uh, previously served as a delegate in the uh, 2008 and 2012 Republican National Conventions, and he is the co-founder of Huffine's Communities, a real estate land development company. And uh, to his left, we have Philip Kingston. He's a Dallas City Councilman, and uh, he was first elected in uh, 2013 to represent uh, District 14. Um, And uh, Mayor Rawlings appointed him as chairman of the Ad Hoc Judicial Nominations Committee and he is on the Police and Fire Pension Board, and Kingston's a lawyer, and he's a founding member of the Dallas Bar Association's Public Forum Committee. And uh, sitting next to um, Philip, we have Ron Nirenberg. He is the uh, San Antonio City Councilman, (laughs) and apparently has some fans. Um, He has represented the uh, District 8 since uh, 2013, He chairs the city's quality of life and comprehensive planning committees and serves on the board of the Alamo Area Metropolitan Planning Committee Organization. Plan, planning organization. He uh, previously worked as a program director for the Annenberg Public Policy Center and the general manager f- for Trinity University's uh, um, radio station. And uh, then we have Texas Representative Matt Rinaldi. He's a Republican from Irving, also has fans. Um, he's represented House District 115 since 2015. He's a member of the House Agriculture and Livestock and, and Business and Industry Committees. And he has served as Senior Counsel um, at Dykema Cox uh, Smith and has worked at the law firm Gibson, Dunn, and Crutcher. Um, he also sits on the board of a publicly traded real estate investment trust. Uh, last but not least, we have uh, Irving Mayor uh, Beth Van Dyne. Um, <laughs> She was first elected in uh, 2011 is now serving her second term. Um, she's a member of the U.S. Conference of Mayors Advisory Board, uh, the Texas Municipal League, and the North Central Texas Council of Governments. Uh, she's also a member of the boards um, of the North uh, Texas Commission and the Irving uh, Las Colonists um, Chamber of Commerce. Um, so there you have it. We have a diverse group here, and, and let's, let's have a, a, a nice uh, debate about uh, local control. Um, if it exists in Texas still. Um, it's, it's been interesting uh, to, to, um, uh, to be reporting over the past couple sessions. Um, we've had issues such as fracking, sanctuary cities, plastic bag bans in taxes, a host of other environmental regulations debated, um, including um, capping payouts for counties that try to sue big polluters, uh, tree preservation battles, ride sharing, um, you might have heard that uh, uh, panel earlier, um, Uh, Battles over regulations for for Uber and Lyft, um, issues over housing, red light cameras, transgender rights issues, uh, and equal rights ordinances, Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm missing a whole lot. Um, So I I, I guess I want to put this question to a couple of y'all, and and I'll ask, uh, I guess I'll ask you, um, um, Philip, um, from your experience, is it fair to say that Texas is a state, or at least its state government, doesn't value local control anymore? Is that what you're seeing?
1: Well, I think it's incredibly fair to say that there is a wing of the Republican Party in the legislature that is not in favor of local control to varying degrees, um, all the way up to no local control whatsoever. Um, it, in Texas, it's enshrined in our Constitution, it's enshrined in our laws. And truthfully, I was talking to Lee Jackson, who used to serve us in the legislature previously and was also uh, the county judge, and he said, what we always thought in the legislature back in the day is that you needed to maintain a level of local control because we sure as hell weren't going to fund anything, so we didn't want to have to control it if we weren't going to fund it. And that continues to be only more true today. What really we've seen in the last couple of sessions is an attempt by the legislature to separate authority from responsibility. At the city council level, if somebody, if, so, if your house gets broken into, you call 911 and, and city of Dallas police come to save you. Um, you can't call DPS. And if you did, they're all down on the border protecting an area of Texas that was already safe when they got there. Um, and if they did show up to your house, they'd probably strip search you in the front yard and conduct a body cavity search. So I, I don't... You know I think it's a, it' it, it 's foolish to mess with the locals when, when you 're talking about what they need to do that authority and responsibility has to meet up or you get disaster
0: sure and, and I do want to I will later circle back to this issue of uh, funding for um, some of these programs as uh, um, These the state programs and, and potential underfunding. Um, I want to ask you, um, Representative Rinaldi. You wrote a, um, a piece for our uh, opinion um, publication, Trip Talk, uh, a while ago, and you you actually quoted uh, Ronald Reagan, um, who who has said the government is is best. Um, the the best government is the one that remains closest to the people. Um, but then you sort of talked about um, differentiating between local control as an ultimate as a value in itself and protecting liberty. And that, that's the thing that keeps coming out of this le- the legislature, this idea that um, by pushing back against some of these um, regulations, the legislature is somehow protecting liberty. Um, can you um, expand on uh, what you were talking about um, in that context? And I believe you also um, sponsored a, was it a, an, an anti-bag ban legislation?
2: I think uh, when too many people talk about local control, what they're really talking about is city control, but it's, it's often on only issues they don't agree with the state government on. Um, local, the, the, go, the government closest to the people often governs best and, and usually does govern best. So as a principle of local control, let's say we want the government um, closest to the area that's affected governing a particular area, Right. So our schools, our school districts are closest to the people. Um, but when you have, for example, for example, regulations on ride-sharing services, well, what's closest to that transaction that's affected? Well, that transaction, when I decide to take a ride-sharing service and someone decides to offer their car to me, well, that doesn't affect anyone outside that transaction. Uh, the most local area of control are the individuals, and we often forget that. That's another way of stating it. Um, when the area, um, when the area being regulated uh, is being controlled by the individuals, and that's the most local area that's affected, um, that, that's a liberty issue. So liberty trumps local control in that area.
0: So, so is this the idea that regulations, a, a host, uh, a, a large slice of regulations, are just anti-liberty, and therefore we should not regulate ride-sharing companies, for instance, and? And, and if we do, that's anti-local control. Is that, is that I, what you're saying? I
2: think the easiest way to say it is, you know, we, we should regulate in the area. Um, when we regulate, we should regulate in the most local area uh, that affects what we're, what we're trying to regulate. And sometimes that's the individual. And there's no room for government to regulate at any level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, that's a more simple way of saying it.
0: So I want to ask you, um, Senator Huffines, because you you, you have also expressed um, opposition to what happened in Austin when it came to um, the uh, the ordinance that did not pass in support of Uber and some of the um, 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 safety regulations that were enacted um, um, and, and and prompted Uber and Lyft to uh, pull out of the city. Um, I, I I wonder, is 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 this the case um, when you're reacting to? what the city, council has, the, the, the city council has done and then the, the people have then voted to keep the old um, regulations. I mean, what's wrong with saying, hey, that's what Austin apparently wants and mm-hmm. let them have it, you know, and they can elect new leaders if they decide that's a, a bad idea?
3: Well, I think it's important to understand that all the authority that political subdivisions in Texas has comes from the state legislature. They're, they were created by the state government. So... We don't just have a, a, a right to review what they do. We have an obligation to make sure that they don't trample on personal and economic liberty. I mean, our economic and personal liberty is extremely important, right, for everyone. So on the right-sharing issues, it's not about what's best for one town or another town. It's what's also what's best for the state of Texas, Right? So if we have a patchwork or a quilt work of rules and regulations around the state, I can't get my app to work in Austin. I mean it it what we're doing is is we're we're getting rid of innovative new technologies and, and new companies and by local control. And local control is not a blank check.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I wonder though, you know, in Austin we actually have ride sharing companies now mm-hmm. that are they're just different ones that abide by the rules. I mean, is that are they not being innovative or we we just shouldn't we should have more ride-sharing companies or, or
3: what, you know? I, I look at it, that, and I hope the legislature looks at this next session also, is that we need to have, I, I like to level the playing field with the cab companies and the ride-sharing companies so we have very little regulation or no regulation on anyone. And uh, um, So let the free market work. The consumer is going to make the best choice. The consumer is always the, the person that's going to regulate their own behavior.
0: Councilman Nuremberg, you kind of scoffed when um, the senator mentioned that uh, these uh, local entities were
4: the creation of the state. Um, uh, well, why- I mean, it's, it's a great Bill Cosby joke. I remember that. We bring you into this world, we can take you out. That's not how it works. <laughs> in fact, in fact and that's, it, it doesn't pertain uh, to the state of Texas. The reason why you see cities get involved in these regulations is because there's a great void of activity on things that the state ought to be taken care of. We all know that this, uh, the reason why property taxes increase is not because of cities. It's because of school districts. And the reason why they're going up for school districts is because the state has consistently underfunded public education. With respect to, with the, respect, with respect to the, the right of cities to exist and to govern, um, that is the basis of, of the Texas way. Self-governance is what this whole democracy is based on. And, and for, us to, uh, or for us as a state to suggest that, um, you know, they, that which is not uh, given directly to the cities, we cannot perform for ourselves. Well, tell that to a city that's about to celebrate its 300th anniversary. We existed long before the legislature did, and we've been doing just fine. In fact, uh, one of the things that San Antonio has done well is rideshare. And we have been uh, working with other cities to model legislation so that they can bring those companies back.
0: Mayor, Mayor Van Dyne, I want to get you into this discussion. Do you feel like, um, and, and if I'm correct, was it at the end of last session you uh, signed on to a letter from eight North Texas mayors to uh, Senator Huffines to say, hey, we're, we're concerned about some of the measures um, uh, that are being uh, looked at in Austin. We want to have more of a voice. Um, what's, what's your perspective on these debates? Are, is, is, there, um, is, is there more of a, uh, is there a backlash against local control, or, or do you see a, a way to, to move forward and is it, are we making more of it than than we need to?
5: Well, I think you, from a local government perspective, there's some things that we do very well. I mean, I know, I know, Don, you do not want to be getting that call at midnight saying that, you know, we're having issues on our sidewalk or our streets. I know you don't want to be getting that phone call. But we have to concentrate our funds doing what we do well, which is, Police, fire, sidewalks, libraries, um, um, rec centers, those types of things. So uh, the letter that I signed uh, with with other mayors was, hey, can we have more communication with what's going on in the the state and what's going on in the cities? It was in no way saying what we think you're doing is wrong. It was, can we open up the lines of communications, and can we have conversations about what's, what you were going to take re- as a representative down to Austin for the DFW area, for the Dallas area, and Irving. And so it was, it was not meant as, a, uh, as, as, a, as anything disparate um, in, our, in our thoughts. But I have seen, I mean, I've been on the city council six years, and I've been mayor now for almost six years. At the city council level, we can make some really stupid decisions. Now, I would argue, at the state level, you can make some pretty stupid decisions as well. So part of this has to be you know, a back and forth and a balance. Mm-hmm. And I think communication is key, and I think doing what you do best and not trying to overdo is the place that we should find ourselves.
0: And, and do you feel like, since you've sent that letter, has, the, has, has communication gotten any better? I mean, I guess we're talking about it right now, um, yeah. but uh, has, has that helped?
5: He, I have his cell, cell phone, he has my cell phone, mm-hmm. And right after that letter came out, I texted him, he texted me. That was not supposed to be a, a media tool, and I was really disappointed when that happened. It was merely supposed to be a conversation between local officials and their state representative. And uh, how that has been kind of twisted in the media has been really unfortunate.
1: Well, Jim, if we're going to compare the efficacy of city to state regulation, I will take that test any day. Here's, a, here's an area where we are preempted, where the state has taken away control— and has assumed all the authority and hopefully the responsibility, regulating drilling. Now, Ms. Van Dyne's city has injection wells. She is, her city is creating my earthquakes. City, my city does no, not it does have not. injection wells. No. It, right south of Irving, aren't, is, no? there are injection wells next no. to Irving there, that, are ca- that, are <laughs> causing, that are causing <laughs> earthquakes in my district that broke water mains in Senator Huffine's district, and my citizens had to pay. I mean, that's an area where the state's supposed to regulate, yet the Railroad Commission, as was shown in the Sunset Review last year, enforces 16% of the approximately 60,000 violations of Texas law committed by drillers every year.
0: And and what what do you say, you know, this was a huge um, discussion, obviously, in the 2015 session when uh, uh, HB 40 um, passed, which was the bill that uh, 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 really eroded local control on a a variety of uh, issues related to drilling. And the um, Railroad Commission at the time, you know, argued, and so did state lawmakers. The Railroad Commission has the expertise to do this. We have the staff to regulate it. And the cities don't have... Staff to go out and inspect wells all, all the time or, you know, they don't have the expertise. Uh, what, what do you say to that?
1: Well, I was down there testifying about HB 40, and I brought with me the Arlington Fire Chief because one of the things that HB 40 did is it removed cities' abilities to demand an emergency action plan from drillers so that local firefighters, who are the only people who are going to respond to a well blowout, can know what is down well when they get there to know if it's poisonous and if they need to take care of themselves. They passed HB 40 anyway. Two weeks later, there was a massive fracking leak in Arlington, and that fire chief had to evacuate 50 homes because the setback in Arlington is only 600 feet. Now, you might think Arlington would could then go back through local control and extend that setback since it now has proof that its setback isn't big enough. But because of the way House Bill 40 preempted cities, It can't do that.
0: What what do you say to to that, uh, Representative uh, Ronaldi? this idea that, um, at least on the issues of uh, uh, drilling and fracking and some other environmental issues, um, it's the people in the cities who are dealing with maybe the pollution or other consequences, and they want more state action, um, and they say, why can't we take action and and regulate it ourselves?
2: Well, you're not saying that. You're not regulating the environmental uh, hazard. You're just saying you're doing it on a state level. Um, The cities can regulate environmental hazards such as as trash pickup and and, and different things localized to the city. Um, But in an area like like fracking and other areas where the entire state's affected, you're you're regulating at the area closest uh, to the people that's affected by the issue at hand. Um, And that's what you're doing. And I think you need to recognize in some places, like fracking, it's a state level. Uh, In some places, like Uber, where the state steps in, they're saying that the individual is the closest level affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the government shouldn't be involved at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and I wonder on, I mean, you take the issue of fracking, you take the issue of um, this also backlash against uh, plastic bag bans, um, some of the other environmental li- regulations, Uber and Lyft. Some people might look at a lot of these uh, local control debates and say, well, are you protecting the people or are you pre- protecting the industry? Um, a lot of these, a lot of times you're siding. It, it seems like there's, there's a trend with a lot of these, not all of them, not sanctuary cities, for instance, but where there's a trend to side with uh, the companies that are pushing these regulations. Um, um, what, think, what, what would you say to that?
3: I think, I think we're definitely protecting the, the people. I mean, to talk about protecting industry, let's look at the ride-sharing ordinance. That looks like to me it's protecting the cab companies. I mean, they were they were having a lot of regulations on them, so they wanted to make sure that Uber and Lyft had a lot of regulations on them. So, you know, I look at it this way. If a city wants to regulate uh, their citizens, it's because they don't trust their citizens to make the best decision that's going to suit them. They don't. They, I'm for personal responsibility. The more responsibility we give to our citizens, the more responsible they're going to be.
2: I just want to, I, I, can anyone think of a, a, a state law bill that doesn't appropriate money that, doesn't infringe on local control i mean isn't isn't any law we pass that doesn't appropriate money infringing on local control it depends on what it requires of us i think you guys pass stuff that doesn't really burden us so okay so is is there an example is there an example of a bill that doesn't infringe on the ability of the city to regulate in that area
1: well, yeah, I mean, if you're saying, do we want regulations where you don't appropriate money, the answer is no. Please
2: quit that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, it, so, so, so there is not a single state law that was passed that doesn't appropriate money that you think that the state should actually involve itself in, like texting while driving, then, for example. I'm or trying or to follow or you, to Matt, I, I, I'm not quite there. Just any law that you think that the state was well within its means to, uh, to regulate and that doesn't appropriate money.
5: Speed limits on highways.
2: Speed Just limits throw on it way. out there.
5: Yeah. Speed limits on highways. 85 miles an hour through West Texas. But you're talking to him. I don't, I'm not going to get into it. The- <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: so so, so you're, you're saying that, I mean, there's got to be a What I'm, a what I'm saying somewhere. is the
2: debate isn't about local control. The debate's about when you infringe on local control. Everyone knows this, the state government has the ability to, to regulate, to operate. The, the, the answer is when.
1: Well, the theory of limited government is you regulate up. When, it's, when it is a regional issue, when you've got something that can't be contained within the local government, government unit and you only, only
2: regulate down to defend the rights of minorities.
1: And businesses are not minorities.
2: I find it interesting that the principle of limited government involves letting the cities regulate when really the local control issues are just the state saying nobody should regulate. Well,
0: I, I wonder what you would say um, I think that's an interesting comment, this, this idea that, you know, sometimes we're talking about city regulations versus state coming in and saying no regulations. What about the issue, um, you know, there's a, a battle over um, whether, uh, I believe Austin passed an ordinance um, that said that landlords had to um, accept federal housing vouchers. Um, and there's an issue that, yes, that's a regulation on landlords, but could you also say that's a personal liberty issue for the people who want to live in like uh, want a better like more of a choice to live in the city i mean i 'm wondering if, if this is an issue with your definition of liberty sometimes conflicts with the people in various cities' definition of liberty because liberties often conflict um, and, and, I, and I wonder if that's. Something that you ever think of that, uh, you know, your view as a lawmaker, your values might be different than those um, in the city.
2: There's differences in a liberty definition. I think we're making a great step if that's the question we're asking. Is this a liberty issue where nobody should regulate city or state? I, I think that's a great first step. Something like housing vouchers, I think that's problematic because you're saying that someone has the liberty to use government assistance wherever they want. That's not really a liberty issue. Um, because they 're using other people 's money for those vouchers, but I do agree uh, with your general principle mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and I guess I just wonder if there's um, um, if you 've ever thought about just this idea that, that liberties do sometimes conflict um, um, and, and, and whether it's where exactly it's worth... does
5: my finger end, and where 's your nose end? right, right
0: right <laughs> and, and and like like where 's the line there like like when do you decide to step in a, 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 in the state and say um, I mean, is there, is there a category of liberties that you decide we must protect and, and keep the cities from infringing upon?
2: No, I, but I yeah. think if that's the debate we're having, we're making huge steps in the state in, in, the, in the way we look at laws we pass. And uh,
0: Senator Huffines, I, I wonder, um, and I'm curious f- from all of you, um, what is your ideal relationship between the cities and the states? Um, where's the line? What, 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 can states reg- what can the cities regulate and... Um, What's, what's just just a no-go? I mean, is there a general philosophy there?
3: Well, I'd like to look at it more holistic approach that in the legislature we should be looking at, at looking to regulate, to supervise the cities on economic and personal liberty overall. And, for instance, let's look at recourse to the citizen that's, that's had their rights trampled. Let's say the city or political subdivision violates the law where they say, let's take an example of a plat approval. They don't have the authority to deny the plat. The citizen then has recourse to sue the city. But what's their recourse? They can hire an attorney, spend thousands of dollars, go through the court system, and two or three years later they get their plat approved, and the judge says, no, you should approve their plat, right? So why don't we have a system, I want to design a system where we have recourse back to the citizen or the business owner that can say, I need my attorney bills paid, I can sue for damages, maybe they lose their government immunity. So... I think that's a better approach. Just look at it so there's recourse. So when our liberty or freedoms are trampled and they go, and the city's political subdivisions go against state law or operate outside the boundaries of what they have the authority to do, there is recourse. And
0: this is a bill that you filed last session to I did, do yeah. something along those lines, and you plan to file that again, I this idea that it really has to do with the, the, the legal system, the courts. Yes, uh, yeah. as long
3: as yes, you get, you level the playing field because look, the city's hard. They got taxpayers paying for those attorneys, those bills. So you got the business owner, who's who's might be correct and in his, in, in his and and is his liberty's being trampled, or he shouldn't had it should have had his plat approved, let's say, but the city's attorneys are being paid for by his taxes.
4: Well, let's talk about trees because this is an area that we have done quite well. In fact, has been supported by the courts, mm-hmm. but there's an incessant need for some reason by legislators far away from San Antonio to regulate or to re-regulate our tree ordinance. And one of these things is about protection of the Texas economy. We have a $31 billion economic impact from our military medical complex. And one of the reasons is we have a protected piece of property there called Camp Bullis, It is a national defense priority. And one of the reasons that we've been able to keep that defense priority is because we have a strong tree preservation ordinance. So we have uh, representatives from now from Brenham, Texas, who continue to file bills trying to bracket San Antonio and remove the very little ability that we do have to regulate the land. So I would like to know where the legislature thinks it's appropriate for local... Uh, local communities to regulate land that is in the benefit of the state of texas
3: i think the legislature spoke on that a few years ago and that's related to regulatory taking it's as so simple i mean if the city can come in and condemn your land for with a regulation and they don't have to pay for it why wouldn't they do it what if what if a poor landowner's got his, his properties covered with trees and his next door neighbor farmed his and his didn't? so now he's going to have a two hundred thousand dollar tree mitigation bill effectively condemns his land because his land isn't worth $200,000. But, but Senator, dollars. my
4: point is that the courts have already, mm-hmm. have already supported uh, the laws that we have now. Mm-hmm. What is the point of continuing to, to relitigate this issue when we know that the economic impact of the state of Texas clearly indicates the San Antonio's pre- tree preservation ordinance and Austin's tree preservation ordinances are working just fine?
3: Well... I don't think it's working just fine for the landowner that's got stuck with the two hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollar bill to with mitigate the trees off With all off due his respect, property. Senator,
4: I don't think the state of Texas mm-hmm. nor the United States Defense Department mm-hmm. can, can can handle mm-hmm. nor benefits from from what you're suggesting.
3: Well, look, if you want to regulate, if the defense, if, if the Air Force base or the Army base they want to cut their trees, that's fine. I mean, I'm you know that's okay with me.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I'm just saying, if we can't have tree preservation ordinances, if we can't have uh, rational regulation of rights here. If we can't have an effective system of stormwater fees, which we, I just passed one under under Senator Huffine's legislation from last session, I would have to go ask the legislature to t- change stormwater fees. If we can't do that stuff as a city, our cities won't function. And here's why this is so bad. Cities are the driving force of the economic miracle of Texas. Most everything else that happened in the rural areas <clears throat> Is temporary. New business formation is happening in only 20 counties in the United States. In Texas, it's only in our biggest cities. If we, don't, if we don't continue to use those cities in a way that attracts people, makes them have clean air, clean water, good parks, all the things
4: that the cities provide,
1: the Texas economy is going to crash.
4: And here's the beauty of it. They agree with us because we're still in office, okay? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Representative Rinaldi, you had a response to that?
2: The the Texas economy isn't going to crash because Councilman Kingston can't regulate what private individuals do on their property. The the Texas economy (laughs) is great because less than in any other state, the government doesn't get in our private business. And that's how we keep Texas great, and that's how we keep the economy. Then strong. why do the
1: companies move to the cities with the higher regulations? Why are they not moving to Hunt County? Why are they moving to Dallas County?
2: Because that's where the
0: people are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> why are the people there? The people keep voting on the regulations.
0: The, uh, M- 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 Mayor Van Dine, they're
2: not there because of your regulations, I can tell you that. Um, oh, they move there in spite of the regulations? Yes. They keep voting for me? Yeah, they keep voting for us, too. It's amazing how yeah. this happens. And we keep you in line, and they live, and, and they're free. How many other okay. Dallas, Dallas
1: voters <laughs> do you have, Matt?
2: I have, I have probably a, lot. <laughs> a few hundred. <laughs> I have a lot of Dallas we, uh, voters. Um, they keep voting, voting for me. They voted yes. for me,
3: too. I have a yes. lot of
0: voters. Mayor Van Dine, um, I would like you to, to outline for us, what, what is your ideal vision of, of the um, interplay between cities and the states? I mean, have you really thought, thought about this? You know, you mentioned garbage collection, you know, things like that on the ground, but where, where, where should be hands off for the state and, and where should... Uh, the, state
5: let the Well, city I mean that—that's a huge question. I mean, yeah. and are you talking about education? Are you talking mm-hmm. about public safety? Are, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some overlaps. There's mm-hmm. obviously some overlaps. Economic development is one of the key things that we do. Now, from a city perspective, we can influence on on our academics, but that's not anything that we have direct control over. What I would like to see is obviously communication and maybe some demarcation. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that there has been a number of cases in Texas alone where you have seen cities go over that line. Um, and, in, in, you know, Irving, we have tried not to do that. Um, we, were, we were given, you know, um, and I, I appreciate the, the comment about the injection wells. There actually are no injection wells in Dallas County, period. Uh, the, new, the nearest injection wells are in Tarrant County. But we had some citizens, as many of you may know. We had some uh, uh, tremors that happened. We had a lot of tremors that happened about a year, 18 months ago. And a lot of people came to our city, and they were really nervous about them. Now, the most politically expedient thing that I could have done as a politician was to say, we're going to ban fracking. You know what? There's no fracking going on in my city. So no harm, no foul. But what would the point have been? We already know that that wasn't causing it because we don't have any fracking going on in our city. So I think we all need to be a little bit more thoughtful about, okay, there's politically expedient and then there's actually solving the issue. We have had lots of issues between state. Or the city of Irving between some of the state regulations, and I'm sure that they have, that that's not going to stop. What my hope is is that by at least saying this is our territory, because again, the state is not going to want to come in and fix our streets, our roads. You're not going to want to do animal control in the neighborhoods, but that is a local function. Now, when we talk about well, which is better, local or state or federal? I live in one of the I live in the country's largest HOA. My HOA decided last year or earlier this year that homeowners were no longer allowed to park in front of their homes. Now, I own my land. I pay for the streets that are in front, but I can't park my, my car in front of my house anymore because my HOA, which is more local than your city, you know, we've got five members of our HOA board that get, that get elected by how many people in an election? I mean, a couple hundred can make that decision for me. I think there has to be a give and take. And I think there has to be a balance. I'm just hoping that more people will get elected and more people will run that have that pragmatic, common-sense approach to it.
4: And, and I understand that, and I respect that, but when you have state agencies that consistently fail the general welfare of the city of the state of Texas, and we have the same constituents, um, my, my senator, my state senator, represents the same folks I do, but when you have a state that consistently an agency after agency fails its citizens, whether it's child protective services, whether it's the education system, whether it's keeping infrastructure in good repair, because a lot of that now is falling onto, this, onto the cities of Texas, we have to intercede because in my charter, Mayor, it says that I have to take an oath to protect the general welfare of my city, of my, city, of my community. And that, that is library services, that's... Transportation infrastructure, that is uh, police and fire services. But increasingly, it's things that fall outside of the margins because we are picking up where the state has left off. Or that the state, I mean, I love the idea of
1: demarcation, but we've done that. Mental health care is the province of the state. Yet my city and county together spend $15 million a year supplementing state funding of mental health care because it's not sufficient. Same with education. I mean, that's, that's why your, your tax bill is so high, as, as Ron mentioned earlier, because the state's just not funding it.
0: Reverend Senator R- Rinaldi, I wonder what you... Um, your, your response to that argument is that uh, the state is not funding some of these services that uh, the cities are, are then picking up the slack and then the state is then pushing back. Um, what, what, do you, what do you make of that?
2: Well, no, I mean, I, I, I disagree that the states are not funding the services that they said. I mean, th- this comes down to the base... To the base... Please... <laughs> this yeah. comes down to the base argument that they disagree with our policy choices at the state level. Um, yeah. They're making their own policy choices and often going beyond the bounds Is it
0: the city leaders, or is it the people who elect them that are disagreeing with your policy choices?
2: Um, I mean, oftentimes there, it's, the, it, it's right. the city leaders, and it's yeah. not happening in a lot of cities. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the cities aren't home rule cities. Yeah. Most of the yeah, Texas yeah, functions say, without these rules. And like the city of Irving, for example, I, I, I don't think it, uh, it local control issues come up yet, at least during my term with the city of Irving. We well, you can't say most of Texas, partners, not so by we'll population. <laughs> and, I, and I guess I,
0: I wonder <laughs> about city argument.
3: That, I think the argument is that they're for more government. That's the bottom line. They're for more regulations. They're for more government. And when they say they want unbridled local control, I'd like to figure out, what, is there anything you don't want to regulate, anything you don't think you should stick your nose in? Obviously, the state legislature feels like that we funded everything enough. The budget passed in the Senate with only one negative vote. So we feel it, like it, we funded it the, everything It is great. the
4: height of hypocrisy for you to say that when we have the state of Texas government consistently suing the federal government on issues that it should be taken care of. And so yeah. – For us as local citizens to want to demand better infrastructure, better education, better communities for our citizens, this should be commonsensical because, again, we are all Texans here. We're all trying to build a great community, and it just happens to be that the majority of Texans now live in cities.
3: But it just, it's surprising to me that it's really not surprising, but that you want to, you just want more money, more government, more regulations. Let me ask you this. You, that's because you're you're you, not doing your job, Senator. No, it's so, because you're over regulated. Okay, but that's let me just say this real no, fast. That, that's who. For you guys that want is you want a free unbridled ability of local control, you I, can do anything you want. Who are you gonna call when your ox is gored? Who are you calling? What what you, does that mean? I mean what is, that when what you does gore mean? I can tell you that means. I, I've got an example okay, for you. Let I've let got give an, you example. an
1: example. In West okay. Texas, a couple of years ago, a mm-hmm. fire captain from mm-hmm. Dallas Fire and Rescue died because the state won't regulate chemical storage. So, okay, my mm-hmm. ox
3: is gored. Who do I call? Okay, let's say what who can who can pass an ordinance quicker? The city can pass an ordinance at 72 hours notice. You can meet in the middle of the night if you want to. You can meet on Sunday if you want to. And you can pass. Basically, you're unregulated in what you can do except unless it violates state law, right? But you still can do it anyway because what's the recourse to anybody that you violate state law? What's our recourse as citizens' recourse? If you say you could pass an ordinance that say everybody drives a pink Cadillac. Everybody tomorrow has to have a pink Cadillac. If you don't, we're putting you all in jail. It doesn't, so, it doesn't I would serve say, the
4: debate to bring up absurd uh, examples and No, like not this.
3: really, because there will be, there'll be, you guys are uh, on to the left, you're liberal, there will be issues that you want, the state, that you think that somebody in local government has gone too far. And if you've gone too far, who are you going to call? Uh, you're going to call the state legislature to come down and, and, and pass an ordinance to fix it.
4: I'll call our state legislators are doing just fine.
3: Senator
0: Huffman, I, I wonder, um, and it, it's a question that's been uh, asked a lot in this debate, and, um, and I feel like I need to ask it. Um, um, the state of Texas often sues the federal government. A, we have an app on our site that tracks how many times that happens. Um, and, uh, and a lot of times, um, particularly on the environmental issues, um, uh, on energy issues, it's, it's about, um, th- there are arguments about Texas knowing best what's good for Texas about states' mm-hmm. rights. Um, and, and I'm wondering how you um, how this push for uniformity on the local level. Um, I'm wondering whether that conflicts with that that push for states' rights on the federal level.
3: I don't think it really does, because look, the states created the federal government, and the federal government's beholden to the states to, for their existence. And the same with the cities. The cities are beholden to the, the state government for their existence. We created them; all their authority comes from the state legislature. <laughs>
0: Representative, No, I don't, what's, I, I, what's your... I don't
2: think it conflicts at all for the, for the reason Senator Huffine said and by, also because the, the state is most efficient at dealing with many of these issues as well. I mean, even if you look back to the Federalist Papers and James Madison, he recognized that the, the, the state is more insulated from special interests than the city government is. Not special interests meaning lobbyists. He didn't mean that. But special interests meaning really amped up groups of people, right? So... Those amped up groups of people, you can see them whenever there's a city issue and there's a push to regulate very quickly or there's a push to address an issue and insert the government into an area of people's lives where it wasn't previously because people are upset. Um, You know, the state does work a little slower, but that's often good. When you're getting the government into an area, uh, it's often good to be more deliberative, to be a little slow. I
4: I would highly argue with with the point that the state is more efficient. The fact of the matter is I have two state roads that go right across my district. Uh, State roads, you know, we all know them in San Antonio, Northwest Military, and Wurzbach. They're both state roads. But I have to address with local infrastructure, with local bond dollars, with a local vote, the state highways that are supposed to be maintained by you all. But we can't do that because every project that is on the ground in the city of San Antonio, just like every other big city in, the United, in, in Texas, requires now local leveraging because there's not enough resources at the state level to deal with that. And yet, when we're trying to leverage our local funds, we're also being told, well, you guys are raising too much money. We're growing by leaps and bounds. The San Antonio community is going to double in population in the next 35 years. We need, we need resources so that we can keep our Texans happy.
0: And... Uh, um. Is, is the legislature um, – oh, do, 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 we, do we agree – or is there agreement on this issue that the, the cities need more resources, or is that is that a point
3: of disagreement, Senator? Uh, I, I don't know. They're the local guys. They say they need more resources. They certainly have the – the uh, purse strings of all their citizens. So if you think you need more resources, you can jack your taxes up. And you, you're doing a good job at that. I don't see anybody lowering their taxes at their prices. I kind of we mind we both lowered our,
4: our tax, rate. tax rates. Is there anything really effective?
3: your tax rates. I like it. to say. <laughs> let's see how much of appraisal has gone up in Dallas okay. County, Philip. Or in the city of Dallas. It, because the state won't regulate
1: appraisals right. in a way that requires disclosure of sales prices. This is another
0: area oh, where you're really? so uh, okay, a a of rational so fundraising. We, we have about 15 minutes left. <laughs>
3: okay, so. so you're um, saying it real quick. If you have,
0: if you have questions, okay. um, think about coming up to the mic. Um, I wanted to
3: ask um, one more question. Um, I, can I say, can, i got to say something. They did not lower their taxes, okay? They did not. Uh, the appraisal well, let's correct. Rate. Well hold on. That's not that, true. That is the totally only, true. The only authority we have is over our tax rate. We lowered our tax rate. Lower it down to the effective rate. Lower it beyond their appraisals. Look, most so of it, you want us to live no, in a no growth state? That's just, not very good we, for the state. The state of Texas, we we, we 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 got our budget within right. population growth okay. and inflation. Okay, our, I, I feel like
0: Matt Lauer here. I can't real-time <laughs> I mean, fact check that. I'm
3: sorry. We gotta, I mean, um, why can't the cities live within the, even the same dynamics the entire right. state If our the population,
4: population is growing by, by 75%, we're going to have a, low, a lot of infrastructure and services we need to maintain. Right, we, How much
3: has your revenue gone up in the last year? All right. We've got to go to questions now. Um, we, we have
0: one, one question over here.
6: So just a quick question. You said earlier that um, cities regulating things like fracking is the city not trusting its citizens so I have a hard time understanding that when it's put to a vote and you have twice the normal voter turnout and you have the, the democratic process at work. It, it seems counterintuitive to me so I did, was hoping maybe you could explain how the democratic process is inherently, I guess you're saying cities is not trusting.
0: Yeah, is, is there something wrong with the um, democratic process in cities if, if what all this, these cities are doing is wrong? <laughs> I guess it's a question. Um, and, and that you need to change the, that they need to override the democratic process in cities? Uh, is this
3: a question? As, if, if the state of Texas has spoken, to legislature, if we've spoken on an issue, then that's the law. And if the, is that?
6: No, so in Denton mean? it was reversed. In Denton we passed the ban, it, it had a very high voter turnout, it was a voter initiative. And then the legislature came in and said, well, no, you can't do that. So to me, that, that feels more like the state not trusting its citizens than the city not trusting its citizens. But maybe you can clarify well, for me. The, the,
2: the democratic process in some areas, for example, in, in Austin with Uber and ride-sharing, uh, that was people voting to regulate other people's ride-sharing choices. Well, but so I'm the, not state about wasn't, the state I'm was overriding Dan. particular individuals' rights to say what other individuals so, can and can't and, do. And she's
0: asking about the uh, Denton fracking Yeah, I mean, issue, it,
2: it, yeah. It, it it applies to all of it. I mean, when you're talking about property rights, when you're talking about ride-sharing choices, when, when you're saying there's no area for the government to regulate, that, that's what we're saying. And I think that the big difference between The panelists today, and I think clarity is more important than agreement here, is when you hear us talk, uh, Senator Huffines and I are are talking about uh, growing Texas by having the government not act in certain areas, Um, and the other two panelists seem to equate Texas growth with the government acting in almost every area as far as I can tell from this discussion. We have, a, we have another question uh, over here.
4: That's what a gross
1: mischaracterization. Well, I'd say I'm reacting so, 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 yeah. to the growth <laughs> I have to have, and I would also not characterize groups of citizens as special interests. I call those voters.
2: Uh, <laughs> I was using someone else's characterization. That would be James Madison in the Federalist Papers. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so it's a word that we use.
7: my question is uh, directed at Senator Don Huffines. Um, I'm Greg Worthington, I'm a, I'm a UT uh, Austin PhD student in the education policy and planning program. Um, and so my, my question though is that you talk about um, not spending more money, um, you know, not, not, not increasing taxes or whatever, you talk about not, in, not uh, increasing government, but when you, uh, when you filed the bill for uh, education savings accounts last session, the fiscal note that you had um, would have required, and I read the fiscal notes on, on the legislative website. The fiscal notes required hiring 35 people in the state government for oversight and regulation of this program. And this is all on non-instructional, like non-academic, non-instructional costs. So, how do you justify your ideologies when your actions say otherwise?
3: First, I disagree with LBB on that analysis. There's a lot of third party, third parties that, we, that can do the work for the ESA accounts. Uh, Xerox has a company called Benefit Wallet. We can sub all that out to them. We don't have to hand, handle any of that. I don't get to argue with LBB very much when they put those mm-hmm. footnotes, uh, fiscal notes on the, on the legislation, and I think they're just completely wrong on that.
7: But you, you still have to pay for the, for the third-party cost, that, which wouldn't be instructional, which is what no, the, the argument's third party about. No, co- co- yeah, the third-party cost place. would actually
3: come out of the account itself, and they charge from 50 basis points to 200 basis points to handle the account, like a health savings account, mm-hmm. you know, when you have third parties manage that. Yeah. We have
8: a- Another question over here. Thanks. Um, Peter Schwartzbein, city representative from the city of El Paso, Texas, uh, largest city on the U.S.-Mexico border, also the second largest, safest city um, for four years in a row in the United States of America. Uh, When you talk about common sense, pragmatic approaches towards issues um, and problems, um, one of the issues we have on the border is proper staffing of our ports of entry. Um, over $40 billion of trade go on between Ciudad Juarez and El Paso, Texas. We have tens of thousands of Mexican nationals as well as American citizens that cross between our fire ports of entry in our region every single day. Yet, the state seems to be focused on making one of the safest parts of its state um, more militarized. Um, and because of that, the city of El Paso has entered into a public-private partnership, actually paying for additional officers to staff our bridges during high peak hours. So how exactly do you understand or think the role of the legislature should be to make sure that we continue the this economic miracle of Texas, even all the way in far, 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 far west Texas, um, up and running? Or do you think that's a, a local issue or a federal one? I'm trying to understand because this is a party that, you know, wanted the federal government out of people's homes, yet... The state so, to be, so, you know. so
0: we're talking about the, the conflict between uh, the uh, uh, militarized border. I would say and, probably and militarized progress.
8: zone. You know the idea that ultimately border security is economic security. Yeah. And
0: does, does anybody want to um, answer that question? I don't know if I understand the question. Were you talking about the
2: increased DPS border security?
8: Yeah. Where if you'd probably talk to most local local leaders along the U.S. Mexico border, they would tell you that. The best way to guarantee safety and security on the border is by increased um, officers on our bridges, making sure that people can cross efficiently over the border, as opposed to this sort of imaginary Rambo situation. I think he said, "Well, are you talking
2: about the bill? You're talking about the bipartisan border security bill that was passed, that was carried by um, by uh, Representative Munoz, right?" That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and and that was, I think, heavily supported by. Democratic representatives who lived in the border cities as well. Uh, I think it's been a successful bill. I think it's, it's helped to reduce crime on, at the border. Uh, I, we just got a briefing from DPS that, that the bill has reduced crime at the border, and I think it's operating the way it was intended to. I think we still need to do more um, in order to protect the people from border crime at the border and in order to prevent human trafficking. But I, I, I haven't heard those complaints that you're talking about. Thank you. Another question over here. Yeah, my name is Mark Miller. I'm, I, I refer to myself as a recovering engineer, having been through two successful tech startups. I've also been in Austin almost 40 years. To call ride-sharing, oh, it's just a person-to-person transaction, that's BS. Okay. And,
0: and, and can we ask a
2: question? Sorry. Sure. Yeah. And and so, because Lyft and, and, um, and, and Uber control the tra- entire transaction. So what... Why does why does a legislature have a right to come in, and control that? In other words, we we have a right to to our local transaction and to negotiate with these
3: companies. And you're saying we don't have the right to negotiate with companies that come into our our, our jurisdiction. What I'm saying is, you don't have a right to destroy whole technology, new technology, new companies like that.
2: We
0: have not. Yeah. No. Oh oh, sorry
2: sorry. Uh, oh. I, I, look, You to, don't have the yeah. right to
3: control private contracts yeah.
2: in which your neighbors don't have look, an interest. Why, in. why
3: don't you trust people to make their own decision? If you think you need to be secure in that vehicle and you want a driver that's, that's vetted, completely vetted, photographed, and fingerprinted. Oh, right. oh and by
2: the way, they, the, the fingerprints don't actually yeah. keep you
3: from okay. being a
0: driver. This is for the ride-sharing panel okay. that uh, already happened. Don't everybody. get in the uh, car.
3: Yeah. Don't get uh. in the car. Right. You don't, if you don't trust the driver, who's going to be more likely to be the victim of the crime? Okay. The passenger or the driver? Okay. The
7: driver is we, we, we multiple over here. more dangerous uh, than being a passenger. I'm, I'm hoping there might be uh, some points of agreement brought out. So I know that uh, Mr. Nuremberg, the city of San Antonio, which I live close to, bans uh, texting while driving in the city. Um, but Representative Rinaldi and Don Huffines have opposed uh, texting while driving bans statewide. Um, I would assume you would agree with them on that because you wouldn't want to force that onto cities who have made the decision that that's not the right decision. I know many of your, in fact, all the Democrats in, in San Antonio voted to make it a statewide ban. So do you see that as an infringement of local control? And I'm assuming you'd vote with Representative Rinaldi and Senator Huffines. You asking me? A, against a texting while driving ban statewide.
4: So I think texting while driving bans are good for public safety, uh, just like helmet laws and seatbelt laws. Um, but I think this is a great area of conversation because... Uh, you know What we would ask for the legislature if they want to uh, consider a statewide ban is don't tell us we can't make it any more restrictive. If citizens of San Antonio want to have safer highways and they think taking, taking the uh, driver's hands off of the cell phone is a good way of doing that, respect our wishes. But you can go ahead and, and regulate if you want to. Just don't, don't tell us that our citizens are wrong when they say they want some additional protection.
1: Well, and I mean, to, to be very direct, a, a different example would be Uber and Lyft. I fought like a demon to, get, to keep Uber and Lyft in Dallas when other people on council were trying to get rid of it but I will absolutely be opposed to the legislature's attempt to do it statewide because if somebody, I, and I've given Ron a, a ration of you-know-what about the way San Antonio handles it because I, I don't think they got it right, but he does and his citizens agree.
0: You wanna, uh, go, go ahead, sir.
8: Hey, thanks. Uh, my name's Corey. Uh, I represent an environmental group called Texas Campaign for the Environment. Um,
7: about earthquakes, uh, U.S. Geological Survey, you know people who know about earthquakes, they've known for decades that um, induced seismicity is a thing. When you inject
0: liquids into the ground you can induce seismicity. Um, And recently SMU released a study that found that the Irving earthquakes were indeed caused by injection that was just a couple counties away that had drifted along a
3: fault line. Um, The state government just spent five million dollars on
8: seismology and the Railroad Commission still denies to this day that there's no link between earthquakes and an injection of fluids in the ground. So how can you call that more efficient? Um, what, why, don't, why don't you look at science? I mean, how is the state and government guess,
0: efficient? And I guess the, the, the state is spending it's uh, like roughly $5 million on an ongoing project for more uh, seismometers and in different areas. Um, but there have been some studies that have come out um, that, that have said uh, they're very likely related. Um, uh, uh, either lawmaker want to respond to this idea that um, about whether uh, the commission
2: is... That is uh, uh, Re- respo- requested by our local governments for the, for yeah. the study as well.
5: well when, when those happened in, in Irving, my first call was to our uh, state reps and to our state senators requesting that we have additional monies put into the budget, the state budget, to look at it as statewide. SMU has been looking into it, but we also have other partnerships with UT, for example. And actually, the UT study, looking at the SMU study, was not nearly as clear. So part of what we're trying to figure out is what is actually going on? At the city level, we don't have any seismologists on our staff. So what we're looking at is going to the people who are actually the most educated and have the resources to do it. We don't. I so we he- are looking at them, and, and we have had, we've had good partnerships with the state who has actually helped to fund those studies.
1: I think he's talking about a study that came out this, SMU did this a study yeah, this, is,
5: yeah. this week? No, this week, I think, week? No, no, oh, no, no, it was a study that, 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 that came was out about six study, months uh, ago, and then there was yeah, another study that you know, used to there There's to one this week, week that
1: really proves that the UT uh, attempt to discredit the original SMU yeah. study was wrong. Yeah, I have not a, seen
5: the, the yeah. study this week. Yeah. But it was about East Texas earthquakes. The fact is that from a local politician, a local elected official, who does not have injection wells in her city, I could pass a ban, which would mean absolutely nothing. And to me, it would just be to make media headlines, and let's concentrate on what the issues are and get the facts before we make this kind of government decision.
0: We have time for a couple more questions. Uh, you want to go ahead, sir?
3: My question is just a quick question. Uh, what is the issue with having local uh, leaders having more control over the
0: communities?
4: So the, the
0: question who's, is Who's
5: your question directed at? Uh, it's, I guess
7: it's just for the panel. Uh, and, well, or and,
4: or and, and so... so. I'll just take this. It's really not an issue of local cities wanting more local control for their local citizens. It's about preserving the authorities that cities have enjoyed for years to protect the quality of life of our local citizens. We we go home and we get phone calls and emails from people who we live next door to, who we represent. So when you talk about protecting citizens in their homes... We're listening to them on a daily basis.
1: Well, and it's, it's, it's authority versus responsibility. I have a basket of responsibilities at the city. If the state takes away my authority to meet those responsibilities, then I won't do it. You know, but what I'm saying is that the state won't do it either. They want the authority, but they will not accept the responsibility.
2: I think the idea idea is that that as a general principle, the the local government regulates areas best that affect the local citizens, but there's also areas that the state should take out of regulation altogether. Unfortunately, when there's a a new area, um, government attempts to pounce on it very quickly and regulate almost every area of our life, and the state government tries to take some areas out of that and leave us free in at least some areas to do as we please.
4: Well, and, and if I can now just make one other point. The, the, there's been an attempt here to make this a partisan issue. It's not a partisan issue. We both represent communities and are elected on mon, nonpartisan ballots. This is an issue of can All three we, of us do, do we, we have, or, oh, or yes, three yes, of yes. us. I'm <laughs> sorry, Mayor. Yeah, Mayor. Um, so are so the, these are issues about Texans and local cities being able to ensure the quality of life and the services and the infrastructure to have a great Texas.
1: Without the gridlock
4: that... Partisanship causes at
0: the state and federal level. Does anyone, it uh, looks like we're out of questions and we're, we're actually um, out of time. I just have a little one housekeeping announcement um, uh, that uh, the Texas Tribune invites you to um, join together in the uh, uh, courtyard at the AT&T Conference Center to uh, recap the day's um, sessions uh, like this one with the other attendees. And uh, there will be hors d'oeuvres and a cash bar. Um, thanks so much for coming out and uh